Wildwood Community Church exists to glorify God by connecting people to Christ, His worship, His community, and His mission. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. I'm really excited to be with you ladies tonight and to be able to, to share. And I'm going to start us off tonight with a word of prayer. Okay? Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we live in a country where we can freely come together and meet together like this as women. And we just really uh, appreciate all the freedoms that you have given us. And now I ask you to just really sp speak to our hearts as we just discuss the design that you have for us as wives, Lord. And um, we pray that you'll just bless our time together and that uh, you will help each one of us to just rely on you to speak to each of our individual hearts. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, I'm looking around the room and I see quite a variety of women. We have older women and younger women. And we have, I know, at least I don't know for sure, but we have some registered that are engaged. And of course, most of us here are married. So we have quite a swath of people here, don't we? We're all at different stages of life. And... Uh, so I think it's really neat that God can speak to each one of our hearts individually. And my prayer, I've been praying for you guys, and my prayer is that you will just hear God speak to your heart individually. Not, Don't listen to Janet Hess. I'm not too wise, but God is. <laughs> so I'm just asking him to use me to communicate um, biblical truths to you ladies tonight, okay? Bruce and I have been married for 43 years. And I've had the pleasure of hearing um, what, how God designed marriage now for 21 years. Uh, thank, thankfully for a family life, I've been able to hear that for a long time. But I guarantee you, I am not the godly woman God wants me to be, <laughs> okay? I still haven't arrived. This is a lifelong process, you guys. It's not something that we're going to hear about once and uh, get our whole act together. It's just not going to happen. But God gives us lots of grace, doesn't he? And I need it. <laughs> okay. Perhaps more than any other time in history, women today need a clear understanding of how they should relate to their husbands. In fact, the significant uh, social changes brought around by women's liberation over the last few decades have led to such confusion that the very idea of roles is really, you know, uh, repugnant to some, to some women, you know. Um, they feel as if they lose their identity and their freedom if they adhere to some kind of outdated standard, as they would call it. It's important for us to look clearly at what the Bible says on the subject, and while the Bible doesn't apply our modern word role to marriage, the scripture is very clear about our unique responsibilities as a wife. So we are going to look at his word for that. Okay, you can each open your to the first page, and it says, a wise woman embraces God's design for her home, and you might want to underline God's design. God designed marriage. He invented it, and thankfully, we have his word that we can look to um, and find out how he designed it to work. Number one, how does a woman become the, become the kind of wife God has intended her to be? She lives her life according to God's priorities. 
That means growing in her relationship with God first and respecting and supporting her husband comes second. A discerning woman chooses God's design rather than yielding to other influences. She intentionally pursues a relationship with God. She spends time regularly praying and reading her Bible. Now, my own preference, I prefer to listen to the Bible than to read the Bible. So, of course, in the olden days, I get, got the cassette on ta- on, uh, of the Bible and would stick it in on my car and, or in the morning when I woke up and listen. Uh, then, of course, then I progressed to the CD version of the Bible. And now, of course, I have my Bible app that I can listen to. <laughs> it's wonderful. Okay. She is actively involved in her local church that teaches the Bible, and if you attend Wildwood, you are in a place where you are being taught the word. She takes advantage of opportunities to better understand what the Bible teaches, and we can do that by reading Christian books, by listening to CDs, watching different DVDs that are out, uh, attending women's Bible studies, going to church, conferences. Four, she spends time with other women who share her faith in God, And we can do that by just hanging out with each other, for one thing, can't we? And then those of you that can have the opportunity to go to the women's Bible studies either on Thursday or in the evening studies, that's a great time for fellowship and rub shoulders with other Christian women. B, she welcomes God's design for her marriage. And what does that look like? God created the man to be the leader in marriage. So get out your pens, first line, leader. Basically, to be the leader means to be ultimately responsible. And one example uh, in Bruce and my life of of that uh, was when uh, our youngest daughter, Jennifer, started school. When she started school, she started out at Christian school. And then the next year, we couldn't afford it, so we put her in public school. Well, that was not a good year. Three-fourths of her class, they held back into... um, I just lost the word, transition. And I was like, they better not put Jennifer back because by the time she started kindergarten and public school, she was already reading. And uh, so I went to the teacher. I said, you're not putting her back, are you? And she said, no, <laughs> you know. But at that point, she was behind um, the Christian school. So I decided to homeschool her. So I homeschooled her for a year. Then um, it came time after... First grade, it's like, okay, what in the world are we going to do now? And so I didn't want the responsibility of having to make the decision. I thought, oh, no, what if I make the wrong decision for her? And so I went to Bruce, and I said, you know, what, what, what do you think we should do? So he said, well, just give me all your opinions, give me the facts, tell me what you think, and I will make the decision. And I really was thankful that he was ultimately responsible and not me. I mean, it took a real burden off me just knowing I could just turn that over to Bruce. And if he made a mistake, that's okay. It wasn't me. (laughs) I kind of like that, you know. I mean, really, we're in a nice position because they have to answer to God, you know. But it's nice that if we just willingly let them make the decision, we're not held responsible for it. So anyway, just so you know, the next year then we ended up putting her back in Christian school. Right now, Bruce is telling the man to lead like a servant. That leadership in marriage is based on divine placement and not superior abilities. Because we all know that we all have different strengths and weaknesses. 
it's not that they are really superior to us. It's because that they're just the leader because that's the role God gave them, okay? Um, scripture makes it clear that as a servant leader, the husband is to love, lead, and honor his wife. Isn't it nice that guys are hearing that right now? And women, many husbands will hesitate to step into the role of being a proper leader, leader if we constantly criticize and question their decisions. So we have to be really careful of that. God created the woman to be the man's helper and completer in marriage. God says, Genesis 2.18, Then the Lord said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And helper in the, hum in the Hebrew means to complete. So I use this since it's almost Valentine's Day as a little example. And God made you and God made you your husband. And when you come together, then you are both complete, aren't you? Okay? We're better together, right? Now let's look at letter A. Helper is a high and holy title of worth. Because that term is used in scripture to describe every member of the Trinity. Psalm 54 4 says, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my soul. And John 14, 16 says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. Uh, the fact that this same word is applied to a wife signifies that we women have been given a tremendous power for good in our husbands' lives. God has designed wives to help their husbands to become all that God intends them to be. Isn't it? I mean, when you think of it that way, it's neat to be a helper, isn't it? Number three elaborates that God designed the husband and the wife to have different roles, responsibilities, and purposes, but to have equal value. Think of a dollar. Okay, we can have a dollar like this, or we can have a dollar with four quarters. But they have equal value. They do different things, and they're used for different things, aren't they? But they're both worth a dollar. They're both equal. Same with you and your husband. In God's eyes, we are equal. Paul said in Galatians 8, 28, I mean 328 says, we are no longer Jews or Greeks or slaves or free men or even merely men and or women, but we are all the same. We are Christians. We are one in Christ Jesus. As women, we are really blessed to be living in a Christian society because um, biblical Christianity has historically elevated women higher than any other religion in the world. I'm sure, you know, in the news lately, you've been hearing a lot about different women in different countries and how they are treated. But in Christianity, the woman is of equal value. We're, we're elevated to the same in Christianity, which is really awesome. Uh, God has designed the husband and wife to be interdependent. Interdependent goes on that line. 1 Corinthians 11, 11, however in the Lord neither is woman independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. Interdependent means that God designed us to complete one another and to trust one another for support and for help. Um, an illustration of that in, in, in Bruce and my house is at tax time. 
at tax time, I am the person that gathers all the data and everything, I have to catalog everything and write everything out for Bruce, and then he takes it, and he's the one that fills out the tax return. I have, I have no idea. I mean, if he dies, I have no idea. I can give you anybody all the information, but I don't know how to do it. So it's a really, it's a thing where we're really helping each other. He can't stand to do the part I do, and I sure don't want to do the part he does. So it takes both of us to get it accomplished. A wise woman actively works at being the best wife she can be. Proverbs 14.1 says, A wise woman builds her house, but a foolish tears it down with her own hands. We can be the best by remembering her marriage is her most important human relationship. This relationship takes priority over her relationship with her children, other family members, and friends. And we can be, get easily distracted by all that we do and lose sight of keeping our husbands as a top priority. For me, especially when my kids were younger and before they were driving, I mean, I, I was like, like you guys do too, or did, um, we're constantly busy driving our kids everywhere. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I could get so involved in what they were doing and so excited and loving to help them and loved hanging out with their friends and everything. I sometimes would just almost forget about Bruce. And I'd come home and I'd be exhausted from doing fun stuff with the kids all day. And I had to really stop and go, okay, Janet, you have to cool it. You've been spending way too much time with your kids. And I'd have to reevaluate how I could just adjust things and I'd have to say, okay, I'm going to put Bruce as my top priority here. You know, and just now even with grandkids, that same thing can happen to me. Sometimes I can get so involved with the grandkids. So it's something that we really have to stop and look at, at sometimes in our lives. You know, have we gotten our priorities messed up? D, she walks with discernment. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise but wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. By definition, discernment means keen perception, insight, or judgment. It's the ability to select what is true, appropriate, or excellent. So you may be thinking, how do we find out what is excellent? Our source of wisdom comes from God's word. We can uh, also gather wisdom from other godly women that have walked the path before us, can't we? The next priority um, we are to practice is Roman number three. A strong woman demonstrates love for her husband by respecting and supporting him. Let the wife see that she respects her husband. Um, unfortunately, there are some women that really, you know, if I say that, they're thinking in their mind, there is no way I can respect my husband. I'm sorry, he is a jerk. You know, and, and realistically, you probably know some women that have husbands that are jerks. So how can they, you know, respect them? Well, there are two meanings to the word respect. And when you understand both meanings, you can obey God's word rather than rejecting it. One meaning of respect means to admire and esteem the qualities of a person. For example, I have great respect for that guy. Or there's a second way to think of respect, and that is to, sh to honor and show courtesy because of a person's role or position. 
For example, we are supposed to respect the elderly, right? Now, if you're like me, I know several older people that are not very respectful, but I can treat them with respect because they are older than me. It's their position in life. They're older than me, so I can still show them. The same with your husband. You know, if he's a jerk, you can still show him respect because God has given them him the position of leadership. Okay? Every man has a longing and a desire for his wife's respect and support. Uh, and you may want to underline that or put a star by it because that really is true. That's very important to a man. The view a man has of himself usually comes from two sources. One, his job, and number two, being his wife. Often the man's deepest fear is that he will either not be good enough in his wife's eyes or he's not good enough on the job. Um, I want to read a quote from For Women Only. I don't know if, I think Bruce held this up or for men's only, but there's one for women's only, there's one for teens only. Shanti did a whole lot of research to do these books, and they're, it's really fascinating. In fact, about, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, I said something to Bruce, you know, and he goes, how do you know that? And I said, I read Shanti's book. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, it says, as women... We as women hold incredible power and responsibility in our hands. We have the ability to either build up or tear our men down. We can either strengthen or hobble them in ways that go far beyond our relationship because respect at home affects every area of a man's life. There is something unique in how a man uh, approaches the world that makes his inner home-fired feelings of personal adequacy absolutely foundational to everything else. So what we say and do is pretty impactful to a guy. B, respect is a choice to receive your husband in spite of his weaknesses. This choice empowers, that goes on the line, on B, this choice empowers your husband to become the man God created him to be. Communicating respect involves your attitude, our words, and our actions. The look on her face, the tone in her voice, our body language, that speaks a lot, doesn't it? A whole lot. At least to me, it sure does. What kind of attitude is necessary? An attitude of unconditional respect. God commands wives to respect their husbands without conditions, without his earning it. Your husband is God's gift to you and comes with God's blessings. If Jesus were to walk in, let's say Jesus walked into the room right now and he said, I have a gift for each one of you ladies. I mean, we'd all take it and be really excited that God gave us, that Jesus came in and gave us that, wouldn't it? We'd be really excited about that. Well, have you ever thought about the fact that God gave you a gift already and that is your husband? God is God, your husband is God's gift to you. And, you know, when I first thought of that, I thought, you know, We'd all think a lot more highly of our husbands if we really relate to him and talk to him like he is God's gift to us. Might change the way that we talk to him. <laughs> B, an attitude of honor. Head of the home, um, we need to, as head of the home in front of your children, we need to be careful not to criticize him in, in the kid's presence. 
be what kind of words are necessary to communicate respect? A, words of gratitude. Tell your husband that you are grateful for his work to provide for you and the family. His job and career are very important to him. Speak words of thankfulness for all he does. And I can tell a difference when I communicate that to Bruce. I know that he appreciates me actually saying, I really appreciate all that you're doing. Um, I heard of a, a one couple um, at one of these, a uh, lady came up to me and she goes, well, let me tell you what my husband and I do. They both got different colors of pieces of paper and what they decided to do is they each took their own color and then they'd, they'd think about through the month what they admired uh, about their spouse, what they appreciated, respected, you know, whatever, and wrote it on it. And then once a month they'd sit down and they would read their cards to each other. So that's something you may want to do. Um, B, words of praise. Tell your husband you're proud of him for every choice he makes for good over evil, right over wrong, God's way over his, his own selfish way. Uh, the, the fact that the same word is applied to wives signifies that we women have been given tremendous power for good in our husband's life. God has designed women's, the wives to help their husbands become all that God intended them to be. Um, I want to watch you, uh, have you watch, yeah, you're back, Greg's back there. I want you to watch a clip. Um, Robin is a friend of mine. She's on the speaker team. She's kind of crazy. It's fun to watch. I was a cheerleader in high school, but we cheered for a team that was a pretty stinky team. We never won a game. But every time I went out, I cheered to the top of my lungs. You got to want it, to win it. So do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, we would cheer our team on. The day you put on your wedding dress, you put on a new cheerleader outfit. You're cheering for your family team. We have gotten to a place where we have forgotten to cheer for our team because they've experienced some losses. We cheer for our team even when they're down and that's the same thing we must do for our new family team. Isn't she fun? <laughs> okay. C, words of silence. Never criticize or correct your husband in public or in front of the children. You are not his mother. And sometimes we can act like it, can't we? Um, if you and your husband are disagreeing on something, remember it is good to ask your husband questions of why this and why that. That's okay. You can ask as many questions as you want. Um, but do it when you two are alone. Don't ever do it in front of the kids. That doesn't show him respect. Just plan. If you have questions, know that you are totally free to do that, and you should do that because you're a teen, but don't do it in front of the kids. I want to read a book out of, uh, I mean, a, a quote out of uh, Lies Women Believe. It says, when a wife is preoccupied with trying to correct her husband's faults and flaws, she is taking responsibility God never intended for her to have, and she will likely end up frustrated and resentful toward her husband and perhaps even God. 
She may also limit God from doing what he wants to do in changing her husband. I sometimes wonder how many husbands God would change if their wives were willing to let God take over the process. I thought that was really good. (laughs) Two, what kinds of actions are necessary? A, listening well. Listen to your husband's stories from work as closely as you desire him to listen to you talk about your daily tasks, your life with kids, or your job. And are we really listening to our husband, or do we tend to cut them off? It was really interesting. One night, um, this was years ago, Bruce and I were in a, uh, out to, for dinner, and he was talking and telling me something, and he just paused for a minute, you know, and I was looking, while he was talking, I was looking at the menu, and he just paused, and I went, oh, Bruce, look at this. You know, that was a picture of something that just looked wonderful. You know, and he just looked at me. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. And he just was like, no. I said, no, really, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm not. And he never would. He would never tell me what he was telling. He would not start that conversation again. So I learned really quick (laughs) that I needed to be really careful not to cut him off because he would just stop and he would not tell me. Um, It is... uh, also, another thing we do tend to do as women, at least I know, you know, I've heard of a lot of women doing this, and I have done it to myself, to, to Bruce at times too, and that is to compare your days. Like if your husband comes home and says, I had a really hard day today, and you go, you think you had it hard, you should have been here, you know, and then go on of all the 50 things that happened at home, and probably your day was much worse than his. It really was. But (laughs) if we cut them off, they're not going to want to talk to you about anything else, are they? At least Bruce won't. So you have to be really, really careful not to cut them off. And I just, it's it's so funny because, you know, I was doing this. I've been working on putting this together. And, I mean, like two nights ago, Bruce was talking, and I just completely cut him off. (laughs) I just went, Janet! are you doing you know I mean it's like I'm get, I'm really thankful God gives me grace because you know I know this stuff but I still do it you know it's terrible okay <laughs> affirming his masculinity and accepting and responding to his sexuality accept and respond to his, uh, to his sexuality sexual intimacy is also very important to him be consistently seeking to grow in this area of your marriage I just have to put in here, funny, it's just so funny because Bruce the other night was looking through it, and he starts giving me remarks on what I should say in this talk. (laughs) I was like, I got it, Bruce, it's okay, time out, I got it, it's all right, (laughs) it was funny. (laughs) Why didn't you add this? Like, okay, okay, (laughs) yeah, I did cut him off on that one. (laughs) Okay, love also means being communicative. Um, to a mutually fulfilling relationship. Um, I realize there is a whole lot more to love than sex, but we are looking on how to fulfill God's command to love our husbands. Therefore, we must look at love from their perspective, not just our own. Surveys show that sex is one of the men's most important needs. I bet none of you knew that, did you? No. If not, the most important. When a wife resists intimacy, 
it uh, is uninterested or is only passively interested, her husband may feel rejection. It will cut, off, it will cut at his self-image, uh, tear at him to every center of his being, and it will create isolation. A man's sexual needs should be more important and a higher priority than your list uh, that you need to do tomorrow, housework, even the children. It does not mean that you should think about sex all day and every day, but it does mean that we should find ways to remember our husband and his needs. It uh, means to save some of my energy for him. And I confess, sometimes I don't, you know. Unfortunately, some women just tolerate sex. And when a wife is hesitant and disinterested in intimacy, her husband will feel rejection. And just so you know, once they feel rejection, your other attempts of showing him love will not be received. It seems real hollow if you start trying to show other ways of love to him after he's felt rejected. A rich sex life is extremely important to most husbands. Uh, we may not have as much of a sexual desire or need for sex as our husbands, and I'm sure most of us don't, but we can choose to serve at meeting his need. God just made men and women different, didn't he? Generally, men need more sexual release and physical connection, and women, we need more emotional release and relational connection. God just made us different. The one thing I thought of when I, when I was, first did this was, think of it from the woman's perspective. What if your husband came home from work and you had some really important stuff to, to talk to him about? And he said, you know what? I'm sorry, I just don't feel like talking about it. And... This went on, and about four days later, you said, well, you know, i really like to talk to you about something. I'm really not in the mood to talk. Sorry. Maybe four months went on, and you still didn't get to talk because he just wasn't in the mood. Well, some women do that to their husbands from their perspective. I'm not in the mood. I don't feel like it. It's really, That really compares it, doesn't it? You can really see the difference between a man's side and a woman's side. So we'd feel terrible if, if they did that to us and refused to talk to us for four days or four weeks or four months, wouldn't we? Um, I want to read a, uh, another quote from Intimate Issues. I didn't bring that book. If you are struggling with not wanting to do it, we encourage you to ask yourself why. Is it because you are overwhelmed with life and sex just isn't one of the important as the other 50 items on your list? Are you hurt or angry over something your husband did? Or you don't want to be physically close to him? Do you have a tainted view of sex? Have you allowed yourself to have incorrect thought patterns? If your lack of interest sexually is a result of problems in your marriage, we urge you to seek professional help from a pastor or Christian counselor. But for many women, the problem is not their marriage, it's their attitude. They don't want to do it because they have not made a commitment to God to be the lover he has asked them to be. I thought, wow, that was powerful. And I've visited with several ladies through the years, and the younger ones who are, you know, having babies and going through that phase of life 
a lot of them will say, well, I'm, Jim, I'm just not in the mood. I'm, you know, I've gained so much weight. I, I don't feel attractive. I just, you know, I don't feel like I want to do that. I really lost my sexual desire. And uh, I can admit that I did not feel attractive during those years at all. You guys, I had four big boobies. My smallest was 8'8". Eight, eight. My largest, and she, that's because she got induced. Because right before her, I had Kyle, and he was 11'3". So, I mean, every, almost every time except for Rebecca, they thought I was having twins. You know, one time when I came to church, somebody came up to me and said, well, I saw your stomach last week, Janet, but I didn't see you. And I said, what are you talking about? And she goes, well, you were standing in a doorway, and all I saw was this big belly. And I was like, Bruce, I'm not going back to church. I mean, I really said that. I was not happy. <laughs> Be careful what you say to other women, you guys. We can hurt each other's feelings, you know. So anyway, um, if you've fallen into the rut of I just don't feel like it, it's time to confess your attitude to God and ask him to help you readjust. And he can. He will help you do that. If you are struggling because you have some serious issues that you haven't really dealt with from your past, um, I really encourage you to go and seek help. You know, go and find a counselor or an older woman or somebody and talk it out. God can heal you from that, and you can get over it. And you can give yourself permission to have fun with sex. I mean, I'm just going to be blunt with you guys. I never say this, but I'm going to. I, that's what I had to do. I had to, I had to give myself permission to have fun with sex. Because my dad disgusted me. I mean, you know, the talk of sex and everything was around my house a lot. And it was just, when Bruce and I got married, I said, I'm going to marry you, but just promise me run one thing. If I'm doing the dishes, do not come up behind me and put your arms around me. I mean, that's how disgusted I really was when I first got married about sex. So, I mean, I needed to readjust. And I have. You know, I have, and God was the one that allowed me to readjust. So if you guys have wounds, I guarantee you, you can heal from that, and God can use that in your life to help younger women. So just don't share that with anybody, please. Sometimes I say more than I write down, you guys. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Greg, is he still back there? Uh, <laughs> I forgot about a man being in the room. <laughs> Don't tell Bruce. <laughs> okay. Um, we really shouldn't settle for anything less than what God intended. And God intended it to be fun, you guys. He really did. I mean, he designed it. It's okay. So have fun with it. I mean, I'd like to spit on the men that made it not desirable to women. I mean, you know, but God will pay. God will make sure they pay for that, their actions and what they did. So... Leave that in God's hands, and you go on, and you permit yourself to have fun with your husband, okay? Um, letter D, support is a choice to follow your husband's leadership. It empowers him to be all that God intends him to be. The Bible calls following his leadership submission. 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2 says, Wives, be submissive to your husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of their lives. And Ephesians 5 says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, 
even as Christ is the head of the of church. And the Greek word for submit means to place under. A wife, uh, as a wife, places herself under her husband's God-given authority. She can choose to defer to him and trust God to work in his life, to teach him how to be a responsible leader in the marriage. Talk to God about it if you have any issues. Um, in front of some women, if you just mention the word submission, you notice how I said submission when I started? I mean, it can be a very controversial issue, can't it? Um, the word submission has been misunderstood by a lot of people. Some husbands and wives actually believe submission indicates that the woman is inferior to men in some way, and that's not what it means at all. I have known women who think that if they submit, they will lose their identity and become a non-person. Others fear, and some of them with good reason fear this, that submission leads to being used and abused. Another misconception of um, submission means blind obedience on the part of a woman. Uh, she can give no input to her husband, question him about nothing, and be barefoot and pregnant, you know, in the marriage. But that's not what submission is. John Piper said, and I think you have it in your notes, submission is a divine calling of a wife to honor and affirm her husband's leadership and help carry it through according to her gifts. It's the disposition to follow a husband's authority and an inclination to yield to his leadership. It is an attitude that says, I delight for you to take the initiative in our family. I'm glad when you take responsibility for things and lead with love. I don't flourish in a relationship when you are passive and I have to make sure the family works. And I've talked to several women. They just don't, you don't understand. My husband won't lead. lead. I have to lead because he won't, you know. And they don't like the position they're in. A lot of times it's because they won't let their husbands lead, but we have to be careful of that. Submission is a complementary, not a competitive way of relating to your husband. You see the scripture views submission as being flexible, obliging, deferring, agreeably, agreeable, compelling, and loyal. Now that is a totally different way to look at submission than what the world looks at, isn't it? Completely different. Submission is a good thing in a marriage. It's not a bad thing in a marriage. Why can I say that affirmatively? Because God, that's the way God designed it to work. Somebody has to have the final decision when you're both going head to head in opposite opinions, aren't you? And that's, God gave that position to our husbands because he gave them the position to lead. Um, let's look at what submission does not mean. It does not mean you are inferior or you have to lose your identity in any way. Remember what I said earlier, that God made men and women of equal value? So, uh, another one is you um, blindly obey or submit to, it's not, submission is not oh, blindly obeying or submitting to physical or verbal abuse. Um, you and your husband are a team, and you need to act as a team. Team members don't abuse each other, do they? No. 
team members are working together, you know, and he needs your perspective as much as you need his perspective. You work together. It doesn't work to just get pushed around. You should never follow your husband into sin. We need to always remember that God's word is our authority, right? The reality is that some women live with unhealthy and destructive conditions in their marriage. It could be life-threatening for them to blindly apply the principles of submission. If you are being physically abused, you need to take steps to protect yourself and your children. If you're in that situation, you need to seek out a pastor or someone who is trained to help you. You may know some other women that are in that position. And you need to re always remember that if God says no, it doesn't matter what your husband says. If it's, if it's in the Bible and it says do not, you do not. I don't care what he says. You can take him the Bible and says, God says no. So I am saying no because he's a higher authority. Okay? Loving, forgiving, and submitting do not mean that you become the doormat and uh, indefinitely tolerate destructive behavior. And I want uh, to mention to you that if, if you are in an abusive situation at all or if you feel like you know somebody that is in an abusive uh, situation, um, you can go to familylife.com and get the book A Way of Hope. And you can either, you know, get that for somebody or you can go and get um, get on your computer and do a DD, uh, PDF file and you can just download it on your computer. You may want to communicate to him that you understand that God has called him to lead and that you're going to ask God to help you try to control things. Submission does mean cooperating with him as he seeks to lead your family in uh, marriage. Let your husband know that you're trusting him to seek God's wisdom as he makes his major decisions and that you want to work on your communication skills so that, so that you'll both be on the same page. I know that there are some wives that are submissive. I mean, I've seen lots of them. And they think they're being submissive, but they're really not holding their end of the marriage up. They just quietly do whatever their husband tells them to do. And that's not how God intends. I mean, we're equal, you guys. You need to feel free that if you have a question of what your husband is telling you, to talk it out. You know, and if he says, well, I don't want to talk about it, then you can say, well, if we're not going to talk about it, then I don't want to do it. Because we're a team, and we need to get on the same page. Don't, my mother was an abused woman verbally. And unfortunately, I never had the guts to stand up to my dad and tell him to stop. And so I've, I'm very passionate about this, you guys. Don't let, if you know your husband is pushing you around and just telling you to do, 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 whatever he says to do, get some help. That's not what God intends. And that is not submission. Letter E, demonstrating support and submission also involves your attitude, your words, and our actions. What does a supportive attitude look like? It is an attitude of trust. Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. A supportive wife trusts her husband to make decisions even if uh, they sometimes are wrong according to your perspective. Trust God to 
correct and change your husband. B, it is an attitude of faith. Romans 1.17 says, and the just shall live by faith. A supportive wife has faith that God is in control of her life, her marriage, her children, and her present circumstances, also her future. What are supportive words that inspire his leadership? Leadership goes under number two. Words of belief. Believe that God is in control of your life, your marriage, your children, and your present circumstance and your future. Words of help. Offer your insights, opinions, and feelings on all aspects of your marriage and family in a respectful way. While communicating that you will follow whatever he ultimately decides. And if you're disrespectful at some point, just be sure you apologize. This is really important. Never hesitate to apologize. Words of affirmation. Let him know that God has called him to lead your home. It will affirm your support and remind him of his responsibility. And just start making a habit of thanking him when he opens that door for you. You know, thank him for all the little things that he does for you. Just just open your mouth and just ask God to help you start verbalizing your thankfulness for your husband. It will make a huge difference. You know, tell him you admire that he does such and such. Tell him you enjoy sleeping on his shoulder at night, that it makes you feel really secure. Whatever, you know, it is. And for those of you that already do that, I'm proud of you. Keep it up. Some people are really good at that. Some, this is a new thing for them to try. Number three, what are supportive actions that communicate your loyalty to him? Oh, we're doing on time. I've got to stop for water. Okay. Uh, be ready to follow him. <coughs> sorry. Sorry, Greg. Where God leads him in his job. Ask God to speak to both of your hearts so that you'll become a great team. Let's look at the screen and see what we've got. You know, I think about the decision you made. Maybe I was being naive, but I believed that we would grow old together in this house. That we'd spend holidays here and have our grandchildren come visit us here. I had this image of us all gray and wrinkly and me working in the garden and you repainting the deck. change. If you need this, Jack, if you really need this, I will take these kids from a life they love, and I'll take myself from the only home we've ever shared together, and I'll move wherever you need to go. I'll do that because I love you. I love you, and that's more important to me in our address. I choose us.
is powerful, isn't it? I get goosebumps when I see that. The family man, yeah, the family man. <clears throat> okay. Resist the temptation of being critical of your husband if his decision is not what you have chosen. Uh, when you don't totally re agree, remember God has put him in the position of leadership and uh, trust him knowing that ultimately you're trusting God. You may not agree with him, but trust God. And, you know. um, I know this can be really tough for some women, and just really ask God to give you the grace to be able to do that. And this is a really good book. It's called The Power of a Praying Woman. You can get it at Amazon. And this, this is really good if you go through that and start really regularly praying for your husband. Uh, with a wife's respect and support, a husband becomes more confident. Okay, I got the last, last thing to view real quick. Maybe I understand some about having a fight. So you just remember who you are. You're the bulldog barking in the pride of New Jersey. You're everybody's hope. And you're your kid's hero. And you are the champion of my heart, James J. Rabbit. Before that, in the movie, up to that point, she wasn't behind him fighting at all, and he went to that fight knowing that his wife did not want him to be there fighting. And after she said that, you know he went out there with full gusto, didn't he? It was, it's a neat little clip. <coughs> God is calling each of us to trust him and follow his plan, even though a positive response from your husband is not guaranteed. 
Psalm 118 says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lead on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. We're trusting to do what God tells us to do because ultimately we know God is faithful and we know that God designed marriage. So that's where we're putting in tr our trust. In summary, becoming the helper your husband involves two basic responsibilities. One, it begins with an attitude of entrusting yourself to God. Therefore, let those who also suffer according to the will of God entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. He is our creator, and he knows us better than we know ourselves. He cares for us more than we care for ourselves. He is worthy of being trusted and followed, isn't he? It requires a decision of the will. Will we choose to walk through life his way or our own way? His way leads to blessings and a fuller life. By faith, we have to make choices to follow him on a daily basis. You might want to write down 1 Peter 3, 8 through 12, and you can read that at home later. Um, I invite all of you to join me on the journey of becoming a more godly wife. And believe me, it is a journey, isn't it? <laughs> Never ending. B. As you commit yourself to God's design for marriage, you will be able to demonstrate the love, support, and respect that your husband needs to become the servant leader God has called him to be. And can we do this? Of course we can. We just need to remember God has designed a husband and a wife to fulfill their roles and responsible, responsibilities through dependence on his spirit and his word. We can truly be all that God wants us to be as we depend on him daily, stay in God's word, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and enjoy life as God works in and through you. And always, always remember Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It's not on our own power, you guys. It's through the Lord's power, isn't it? And being filled with his spirit and asking him to give us the power. Okay, I want to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for bringing us all here tonight. I think it's just so neat that you know each one of us individually and that you love each one of us. Lord, I just pray that you have spoken to these uh, women, uh, to their hearts, in the way that you want to speak to their hearts, Lord. I don't know their situations. I don't know their needs, Lord, but you do. And I just pray that through this that they have been encouraged to become more godly godly wife and I just really just thank you again um, for bringing us here and I just pray that you'll help each one of these women and myself draw close, closer to our husbands in Christ's name, amen okay I don't have my thing up here or maybe it's under here nope um, there is a project in the back that's okay you guys have it. You know what it is. There's a project in the back for you to go through, read through those, and mark those, and then you'll get together with your husband after you've filled all of that out, and he's got stuff like that, too, to fill out, and then you guys will discuss it. And I would, I would encourage you to really do it and really discuss it. It gives you an opportunity to talk about things maybe that you normally wouldn't talk about because I told you to and Bruce told him to. 
So it gives you an opportunity to talk, okay? All righty. Then uh, up here, I have a handout for each of you. It's 50 ways to inspire your husband. So when you leave, you can come up and get one of these. Thank you, ladies. L is for the way you 